Welcome to episode 16 of the Stitchcraft Podcast. Live and in person in Iowa. Clank. Tink. <laughs> That's ceramic mugs. Mm. I'm, <laughs> they figure it's, we should still be introducing ourselves for yes. people who might not have heard of us. Like episode 16 is not that deep in where people know who we are. <laughs> sorry. Oh, well, let me start with sorry's again. Um, my, <laughs> my name's not sorry. It's, my name's Miranda Williams and I'm one half of the sisters of the Stitchcraft Podcast. And I'm Island. I'm the other half of Stitchcraft. And we come to you today from beautiful Iowa City, Iowa. We're sitting out on our screened-in porch, which is why you can hear nature. And hopefully nature is not too loud and distracting. But it was really nice out here, and we had to take advantage. At least our voice quality is better. Well, that's true. The in-person recording. And maybe yeah. someone will feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. Especially with the hawk in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not with that guy, but you know. Other ones. Good. So, we're here in Iowa. So I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, we're in Iowa. We're together. Yay! Um, we'll start with uh, what's in our cups. I think our cups are actually a little bit more important than what's actually in. The That's cups. probably true. Yeah. So both of us are drinking coffee. We are drinking coffee from I think it's Verena Street Brewing, which is a roaster in Dubuque. Nice. Um, yeah, so I think it's actually, it's like the store brand at Hy-Vee. So if you go into Hy-Vee, <laughs> the, to the coffee aisle, and you like pick out which coffee you want, it's the house coffee is a locally roasted, pseudo-locally. I mean, Dubuque is an hour and a half away, but pretty darn close. Uh, I'm going to say it's within the state of Iowa. It's true. Pretty local. Yes. When yes. people are like, it's local from California, I'm like, which side? Which half? Like, <laughs> it's a lot. That's a lot of distance. True. So I say true. local is still local. Yeah. So we're both having that. Um, and I actually um, added a little bit of rose water to mine, um, which mm. is something that um, an old friend of mine had told me about. Um, she and her husband, they took their honeymoon in Tunisia. And I guess in Tunisia, a lot of times coffee is made with cardamom and rose. Oh. Um, so I have cardamom bitters, and I put cardamom bitters in my coffee before. And you have to be, you can't overdo it, because if you overdo it, it's not tasty at all. It's no longer coffee. <laughs> but if you put a little bit of cardamom bitters in it, it is so nice. The cardamom bitters I have are from Scrappy's Bitters. Okay. Um, so yeah, you just put one dash of cardamom bitters in your cup of coffee, and it is so nice. Um, I was really skeptical about the rose water thing because I tend not to like rose flavored things. I don't mind rose scented things. It can things, be a little heavy. It's much. It's a bit much. Yeah. Um, but if you put in just the teeniest amount of rose water into your coffee, it is also really nice. I take a sniff. I, I do. Oh, it's nice. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's up there with like lavender lattes that are really popular yeah. right now. It's a floral... But mm-hmm. a soft floral, and it's not as... Because sometimes rose can be really overpowering, especially if you're getting, like, rose tea, rose ice cream. Like, certain flavors can be a little too strong. But it I think that's like, really... soapy. Yeah. Like, that's, like, too much lavender, too much rose makes me think of, like, bath soap. And it... Yeah. Like, like, I didn't clean out my coffee cup. Enough. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. But, yeah, just a little bit. And probably if I had added sugar to this, it would be really delicious. But I try not to add sugar to my coffee. I save my, my daily sugar allowance for other sugary things. Live your life, Island. A little sugar here, a little sugar there. It's okay. No, I'm kidding. I push a ton of sugar. And uh, I, my boyfriend Chris often says, 
that I really like my chocolate milk because I do put weight or baby likes or cream because I do put a lot of cream in. I'm looking at him right now, audience, anyone who's listening. He's sitting here right now going, mm, mm-hmm. But I also, uh, I'm a big fan because he's introduced me to heavy cream as our creamer for coffee. And that does make a difference. It's delicious. It is magnificent. And that's also why I'd like to work. (laughs) (laughs) To work off the decisions that we make at other times. Yeah. um, But we were talking about how um, the mugs themselves are probably more interesting than uh, what's in them today. And so um, the mug, I'll tell you about the mug that Miranda is drinking out of. And Miranda can tell you about the mug that I'm drinking out of because they were each gifts to me, but um, the one that I'm drinking out of is actually one that she picked out for me. So the one that Miranda's drinking out of is um, a very large, like sturdy coffee mug with like a handle that's large enough to fit all of your hand into. Entire hand. (laughs) Um, And it was from, I think, Cherry Republic in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It was part of my going away gift when I moved away from University of Michigan. And it has the names of all of the Great Lakes on it. Which are the greatest lakes. <laughs> they are the greatest lakes. Um, they're lovely, and it reminds me of home, and I really like it. I'm also a fan of the blue ombre. That is true. I, I didn't also, notice it until I was looking yeah. at it just now. And it's done in that style, the stacked style of Helveltica, like George, John, Ringo, Paul, like, you know, oh, that kind uh-huh. of thing. What, this one, they don't have the ampersand after Erie, but... Which it, I appreciate, actually. No, it's, it's, a, it's a nice design decision. Definitely yeah. help Altica. Yeah. Um, and it's... it's um, the other thing that I, I just noticed about it is that um, it's it lists the lakes in order so that the word on the that it makes is homes. So it's Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, Superior. And the acronym for that is HOMES. Oh. And there's actually a brewery in Ann Arbor called Homes that I never went to before I left town, but I hear it's delicious. I'm looking forward to trying it when I go back. Mm-hmm. Well, so the mug that I got you, um, it's actually something that Chris and I had picked up together in New Orleans, but it's an actual artist named, um, actually, I don't know her full name, but she goes under the guise in her brand called Tactile Matter, um, and she's a ceramic, ceramicist? Yeah, I think that's, that's the right word. word. Um, a potter. Ceramic artist. <laughs> Ceramic artist um, out of Los Angeles. And she is a woman of color. And so she's pretty known for her style of mug and her art. It's almost like Matisse. Like her style mm. of drawing women is really beautiful and round and, and just striking with color. So she has, she has art as well as ceramics. And the particular mug that you're using is a collaboration with St. Huron. Uh, Huron, sorry, which is St. Huron is owned by Solange or curated by Solange. I thought it was her efforts and she Mm -hmm. also has St. Huron Records, Um, but she'd commissioned these pieces. And um, so on the bottom, it says Tactile Matter X St. Huron. Mm -hmm. And um, what was cool about it is that the glazes are different than other collections that she has done. And... I, this is where I feel bad, where I'm about to be like, and I got a good steal on them, but we got them out of a, it's a boutique that's a part of the Ace Hotel in New Orleans, and it's called Frida, and anyone who knows the word Frida, or the store Frida, is actually out of Marfa, Texas, so it's this weird, like, there's a many different things that have come together for this mug to exist here at this one stop in New Orleans, and um, her work is pretty, you know, it's 
collectible. It's cool. And for whatever reason, the actual artist herself, from what I understood from the store staff, came in and wanted them to get moving, and she marked them down herself to $10 a piece. And I couldn't believe it because her pieces are like $20, $30. And I was on a bike with Chris. We were just going for like coffee or something. And I was like, what? what? We got to come back. And so we biked back the next day so I could pick up more. Um, and in total, I got three mugs, a lavender, a dark hunter green, and then this really cute um, pink Dalmatian, pink speckle. And she also had bangles. She also does jewelry out of those so that she can, you know, really use and show the glaze. She also has necklaces and um, I think she had plates too, just a bunch of stuff. It was really cool. But I couldn't believe that the artist herself had walked in for something and was like, I want these to move. And the store was like, okay, okay, sure, done deal. <laughs> so it was just kind of a very, um, yeah, lots of variables came together. But I do love her, her mug style, which is known for being kind of short and squat, really solid cylindrical piece together ceramic. So it's not like run on a potter's wheel at all. And then she does these really perfectly, almost near perfect round, uh, almost like a, a loop, a donut as the handle that she attaches. So they're delicate and interesting, yet also sturdy in proportion. But I love that. I really do uh, appreciate her style. Yeah, I um, when I first got it, I was a little worried because the handle is, like you say, a perfect circular shape, and I'm not used to having mugs that have that. I was afraid that it would be really hard to hold onto and that it would kind of like slide around in my hand and I would spill stuff everywhere, but it actually sits really nicely. Um, and uh, it's just very pretty like that you described as a Dalmatian glaze it is like this really pretty sort of um, dusty pink and then the glaze has little dark brown flecks in it and it's just um, really beautiful and it looks very nice with a, a cup of coffee with cream in it mm -hmm. I think the colors together are really sweet mm -hmm. the other thing I think is really interesting about mugs like this that are not traditional coffee mugs is that where they lack in what we consider utility there is um a little bit of the Marie Kondo like a spark of joy though like you mm -hmm. get to enjoy your coffee with it you enjoy looking at it you enjoy having it like there's a lot added to the ritual of enjoying coffee so mm -hmm. I think it's I think that where we get so sidetracked and caught up in like, but is it useful? And is it in a set? You're like, nah, this is really special. I like it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And that's kind of what we have in our house. Actually. Um, we have sets for plates, sets for silverware, um, just because it, that's how it's easiest to purchase those things. They come in sets and you know, that's what we did. But with mugs, my husband is really into collecting mugs that you know, that he thinks are funny or that he likes the style or that it reminds him of, of something. Like, he has a RoboCop mug. You know, it's like in the shape of RoboCop's head. Head. Um, <laughs> Not just, he has like just a mug that's one of the pipes from Super Mario Brothers. You know, oh, like that's those cute. are the, yeah. So ours are, everything in our house is probably, you know, purchased as sets because that was, you know, the way that we bought them. But for the mugs, they are this weird mishmash of like different shapes and sizes and, um, he, we, we tend to collect them, and so every once in a while we have to call out the ones that are uh, not getting used as much and just, like, set them aside and, like, rotate them, which is feels very weird because I don't think we need to own that many. But at the same time, um, like, how am I going to get rid of them? No, I, uh, my boyfriend and I have a... Our largest collection is glassware. 
and like drinking vessels easy and it's just because things are really funny and it's something quick and easy to buy or like if you're going to flea markets or antique stores like it's not a massive purchase but sometimes they're really interesting mm -hmm. and it's a moment in time that it was popular or made and it's still good and we're fans of the the mismatch yeah yeah i'm a big fan i like it so you want to talk about our works in progress our works in progress i I would love for you to start because you're actually, I'm looking at it. I'm actually looking at it. It's really beautiful. And it goes back to what we had talked about in episode 15. So, yes. hit it. So, uh, <laughs> the only thing that I have been working on is the judoka bag. So, in the last episode, I talked about how um, I'd just gotten the most recent issue of Pom Pom Quarterly, and it's their stripes issue. So, everything in it had stripes in it. And uh, they have a pattern called uh, judoka, which is for a bento bag. And I said how much I really loved it, and then I immediately decided I was going to make it with yarn that I already owned, um, which required a little bit, actually not very much finagling. So the pattern itself um, is a long rectangle, and then the bag shape comes out of basically origami folding it together and seaming the edges to make a bag. So um, the, the long rectangle is three times as long as it is wide. So even though I did not have the right yarn for the pattern and I had no intention of going to buy yarn for the pattern because I had something I liked, it was pretty easy to um, use the pattern to figure out how to substitute a yarn that I wanted to use. So the pattern calls for a fingering weight cotton yarn, um, and I think that's because we discussed before that cotton is sturdy, it doesn't tend to stretch very much, uh, it tends to have good structure, which in an origami bag is what you kind of want. You'd want it to have a little more structure and not to stretch too much. Um, and then fingering weight yarn because um, if the yarn is nice and thin, then you'll get a nice thin fabric that's more more similar to a woven fabric than knitting is, it's right? More like it's going to be more yeah. stable, and it's, it's just um, it's going to be that nice lightweight, thin feeling that you would have gotten from fabric, like woven fabric, if you purchased woven fabric to make the pattern. Um, and I uh, did none of those things. I <laughs> <laughs> I own. I already had bought. Um, this uh, Malabrigo cotton, and I don't think they make it anymore. I think it's discontinued, but it's an organic cotton um, that they dyed up in a lot of different colors, but I had picked out colors that were very low contrast with each other just because I thought it looked neat. Um, and this is one of my classic yarn purchases. I bought something that I thought looked cool with absolutely no plan for what to do with it. And it subsequently sat in my stash for five years I want to say at least hey it's being used now it is it, it the it's perfect cool. moment came around and so it's um, beautiful the colors are basically and I wasn't sure if this would really work because there's like I said they're so low contrast to each other that I thought maybe they would just look muddy or like sun faded but oh, they don't um, so the colors one of them is a very light tan I would say I don't know what you would call Let's that say color. Like wheat Wheat, yeah, that's a good name for it. And then the other one is a light gray, but because um, they're right next to each other, it pulls out some of the different undertones that are in the two of them. So separately, you would say one was basically a light brown and one is a light gray. 
But together they look like yellow and purple. Like exactly. It's yeah. Really together they they really um, bring out actually more contrast in the colors than I thought they would. And I'm, I'm even happier than I thought I would be. Good experiment. Um, so what I did, like I said, because the pattern is um, really the only structural part of the pattern that matters for being able to get a bag is a rectangular strip that is three times as long as it is wide. You can put in any yarn you want to in it. You just have to know how many stitches to cast on to make it as wide as you want the strip to be and so that you uh, have enough yarn to finish <laughs> what you've started. Okay, I have a question mm -hmm. because this is, I'm a novice. I see that you put the stripe pattern in, mm -hmm. like so it's color blocked essentially, and where yeah. the colors blend, it's a stripe, it's a stripe of each color, like yeah. on off on off. Could someone who is really new to knitting, could this be a new project, like a beginner project? This is a hundred percent a beginner project. Awesome. Um, so, which um, is great because it's not a scarf. <laughs> right. This is this is the coolest thing, right? So it is. Um, if somebody, actually, I'm really. I am really surprised that I, it didn't occur to me, but you are totally right. Um, this is exactly like what most people do as their first knitting project. So the first knitting project that most people have is a garter stitch scarf because garter stitch is just knit, 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 knit. You never have to purl. You never have to do any type of patterning. And if it's a scarf, it's just straight up and down. So you don't have to do anything funky. You just have to keep the stitches that you started with and that's all you have to do. And so um, with this pattern, that's, a, that's exactly what you're doing. And in fact, it's much shorter than a scarf would be. So uh, you get the... The, the product um, faster. <laughs> yeah, the, the gratification of having finished a thing earlier um, than you would have if it were a scarf. And um, the magic of it comes out in the seaming it together creatively to... Um, get the bag shape at the end. So yeah, that's, it's an excellent point. This would be a really, a really nice beginner's project. Um, and uh, the pattern is available online. You can purchase it online. So that's nice too. You don't have to necessarily find somebody who stocks pom-pom quarterly. All of their patterns are downloadable. So you can purchase them on Ravelry. Um, and mine, I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, mine is what I would consider to be um, moderately modified. So I followed the pattern in the sense that I looked at the pattern, I used it to understand the geometry of what I was doing, but in the pattern every section is striped mm -hmm. and they are striped differently. So in the pattern it's like a, a fat stripe of one color and a skinny stripe of another color and that's one that's one third. And then the next third the colors and the stripes change in pattern and then in the last third, it's yet another pattern. Um, I, because I only had two colors and I didn't want to buy more yarn, I decided that I would Ooh, continue. <laughs> I decided to continue using the, the structure of a third, a third, a third. But I did one solid color for the first third, as Miranda mentioned, the stripes for the second third. And then the final third is just a solid of the contrasting color. Um, but you could do it any which way. And frankly, you wouldn't, you don't even have to knit it in thirds. I just think it ends up making the bag look cool at the when end because yeah. then it looks like you have fabrics that 
like different fabrics that you sewed together to make the bag. Yeah. But you could do it any way you want to. Um, but yeah, this would be a very, very good beginner's project. And I'll add this, that our listener um, and friend, Deanna, she said that the best Christmas gift she ever gave one year was when she made bento bags for people. And so I thought that was such a cute but sweet comment as a, a way of like how to entice you to try to make it. Not because you're like, oh, when is this? But think about it as a gifting idea. And when she said that, it kind of clicked into my head. And I have all these scraps that I'm making into a quilt right now for a baby quilt for a friend. And some of the scraps are bigger than others. And I was like, oh, man, I could make a bento bag to tie it up and to give it as a gift. And I was like, that's so easy. I should just do that. That's very clever. Yeah. Yeah. And they can reuse it. And the other thing I'm thinking about now, again, I don't know why I didn't think about it before, but I'll just chalk it up to work brain, is that um, this would also be very easy to to modify as a crochet pattern. Because, again, if all you're doing is making a long rectangle and you are measuring it as you go to make it the length that you want to match the width that you already chose, that's very easy to do. You just single crochet all the way through. And that might actually even work better than knitting because crochet has less stretch to it overall. Oh, true, because it's knotted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cool. it might even work better. It'll make a thicker fabric, but again, if you started with a fingering weight yarn, um, it would still be thin. It would still make a thin fabric. I'm, I'm not signing up for this, but I definitely <laughs> have the right weight yarn, cotton yarn at home and a crochet hook. I might try. Yeah, I totally failed on getting my crocheted heart idea together. And just as my boyfriend Chris had expected, we went to felt hearts instead (laughs) for Valentine's Day. But um, I still have heartfelt. Oh, Oh, nice. Sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, it hurts. It hurts his feelings that I said that. (laughs) It hurts his feelings that he didn't say it first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, you can hear him giggle in the background. Anyways, um. So that's, no, I, I'm not saying I'm going to sign up for it, but I'm definitely going to be like, oh, I do have that option. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, so that is the only thing I've been working on. And then I think when this is done, um, I can't decide if I want to go back to some of the other projects that are kind of on hold. I'm still making that ED t-shirt, but it's kind of hard to want to make a sweater when it's so hot outside. Yeah. Um, and then the other project that I have going are two blankets, which, uh, it's also really hard to want to work on when a it's blanket. Oh. So I'm thinking about making some socks. The socks are pretty, uh, instant gratification and, um, and it's small work that's not on your lap. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. Cause I'm going to finish this, um, maybe today. I know. I was like, you're making great progress since our last two weeks check-in. I have about two inches of knitting left to go, and then the seaming might take longer. Um, We'll see. I don't really know because I haven't made it before, so I don't know how difficult it will be to seam it up, but probably not because this is straight seams. It's not like I have to do any complicated shaping or things like that. So, Very cool. Yeah. How about you? Um, so the project that I did this last week was kind of a group effort. Um, 
at work. I'm I'm not saying I'm the fun coordinator, but <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the fun, fun coordinator, but, but I'm, I'm pretty the fun. fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty fun, and I I am a fun coordinator. Um, honestly, it's just because of my workload. It, has been different than my coworkers. Our timing is a little silly, so I've volunteered to put together activities for kids and things like that. Like I had a Girl Scout troop a couple weeks ago, and this week we had a family come in um, to meet with our brand and to meet with other brands. And it's a very uh, open, cool family, and they were down for the visit. And we only had 30 minutes with this family because other brands had to meet with the family. It was like a mom, a dad, two daughters, and. They're from Minnesota, and um, you know, so they were able to come in pretty quickly, but they only had 30 minutes with us. So it was my job to entertain the entire family and to talk to you know the girls about girls' clothing. The thing about that is that girls' clothing is fun to talk about when you're looking at it, but if you're not looking directly at it, kids kind of don't want to talk about it, so you have to keep their hands busy. Like, you have coloring, or you have, you know, some kind of craft activity and so I decided on friendship bracelets and because pride is coming up in the next two weeks in Minneapolis um, and we knew that this family was down for the down and open for that kind of world we were like all right let's do you know pride colored friendship bracelets but if you only have 30 minutes you have to work kind of fast (laughs) Um, so in my research I actually found a friendship bracelet I had never made it when I was younger and that's the fishtail braid friendship bracelet, which fishtail braids are super popular right now. Everyone is really into fishtail, everything. Um, but it's a perfect layup for a thick rainbow colored friendship bracelet. Nice. So you were able to see all the colors. It's soft, it's wide, and it didn't take too long. And it doesn't take so long. So um, all the, the kids and the parents were super excited about doing those bracelets with us. And there is some weird camaraderie with uh, when you're meeting strangers and you're making friendship bracelets together. There's, there's a game plan, you know, that everyone's excited. Everyone wants to make it. It's a good moment in time, and it was really sweet. So we, um, I will put up a tutorial on that because it was super quick. But yeah, is it something you found online? It was. I, there's amazing videos out there of a lot of people who love making friendship bracelets, and they're far more animated than I am. Um, but I can make a picture tutorial which I think is a little easier I think I really struggled having to watch these videos because mm. there's a whole lot of music and a whole lot of jumping around and telling you how to do something differently and I'm like I'll just show you what I did <laughs> but yeah I tend to like yeah. when it comes to tutorials I don't mind having a video <clears throat> but I need to have excuse me <clears throat> I need to have still photos because oftentimes even if people think in the video they're moving their hands really slowly it's often not slow enough for me because I'm also trying to do it with my hands while I'm watching the video. Right. And so uh, they're doing it at what they think is a slow pace, but I am looking at my hands and looking at the video and then looking back at my hands and then rewinding it and then starting over. So the video is good to have, but I really prefer the still pictures as a reference. Yes. And I feel like that's what I really struggled with was having to pause the video mm-hmm. and to look at it. And the other thing is like depending on what colors they chose to show in the fishtail, they didn't look contrasted enough to really know what I was looking at. But doing oh, it yeah. in the rainbow flag, in a pride flag, you'll see it. You'll really see the color difference. So yeah. um, the other thing I thought was really interesting is as I was researching the pride flag this year, Rio de Janeiro uh, for their pride um, I think in February of this year 
have now um, brought out a new colored, uh, two new colors in it. So it's now a nine stripe pride flag that includes white for the spectrum mm-hmm. of all uh, of all gender, you know, gender fluidity and union. They're saying oh. it as like. Well, it is a mix of all the colors. It is. And then they added turquoise. I'm still, I need to research again why the turquoise. But I thought it was really interesting that they have white now in the middle of that flag. So it's a nine-stripe flag. Um, Of course, our traditional flag will always be, you know, probably the regular Roy G. Biv. But there's always been reasons and purpose behind, like, they've added pink. And they've added, you know, sometimes they will have black and brown. Like, Philadelphia had a black and brown stripe Mm -hmm. um, because it was people of color that they wanted to include in that. So it's, I kind of love the... uh, the flexibility of this flag mm-hmm. but it was really cool to research and you know present that back with the family so also one of this family is really cool in that they have a trans daughter who will be performing at pride um, after the pride is Minneapolis pride she'll be there on Sunday um, I forgot which stage it is but it's one of the main stages she will be uh, doing a big song so I'm pretty excited about it but that's awesome yeah it'll be fun so that was one thing. You made friendship bracelets. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I, uh, and I'll be quick with the other. I've, uh, in my effort to not have to care so hard about what I wear in the morning, I've also tacked down my sleeves, my rolled sleeves <laughs> on my dresses because I think that it looks, it's not as nice as a loose roll, but it, t- it stops me from having to fuss with my clothes a whole bunch. So I did some slight repairs last week when it was really rainy. And then lastly, um, my boyfriend and I continue to find really good furniture and pieces in Minneapolis that we uh, fix up and continue to use. We actually found a love seat, an outdoor love seat, a week ago, and uh, nothing was wrong with it. I think it's missing one bolt that helps hold it together, but we can still sit on it, and the webbing is still strong on the bottom of the seats, and I just went to Target. Shout out to Target. Um, <laughs> who had a buy one, get one, half off a cushion sale for all their outdoor furniture this past week. So that was timely. It was timely. It worked out. But the person getting rid of that couch is like, dang, why if I just waited one more week, I would have had those cushions on sale. I wonder, you know, and it's, for whatever reason, Minneapolis has kind of surprised me. Like, it was the middle of the week, trash pickup, and everyone had their furniture out. I don't, like, everyone had, like, things to throw away. We got a grill. We got a love seat. I got a hamper that I promptly uh, closed my fingers in <laughs> um, that sucked real bad <laughs> but it was really cute and you know wicker with a really heavy top on it which now I look back on it poor design but it's free so it's free 99 I appreciate it so um, yeah I've been kind of repurposing fixing up making a little better here and there so yeah, that was my week a lot of or last two weeks really as far as works in progress well, I have to. I have to think about this one. I hope. I, are you ready to give a gold star? Sure. All right. Go ahead. So, Hit it. So yeah, for my let's see, my gold star for the last couple of weeks, there have been a lot, a, several things that have been uh, really wonderful. But I think probably this week it would have to be um, living in a living in a neighborhood where people are mm. happy to meet you and happy to talk to you. So. Um, most of my neighbors in my neighborhood um, have lived here for a while, I think, but um, I haven't met most of them. I met my neighbor 
I met two, like, my immediate next door neighbors for various reasons, because obviously, like, in the wintertime, you know, the trees don't have any leaves on them. I can, like, see your house, and, you know, we run into each other. But the rest of the neighborhood I hadn't really seen, uh, or met, rather. Um, you know, you, like, walk by and smile at each other when we are on our way to work or whatever, but that's about it. So uh, this week, I've been writing a grant, as you guys probably are like, oh, and again? <laughs> yes, always. Um, so the grant is due on Tuesday. So um, stress level has been um, Paramount. high <laughs> to terrifying. Um, that's the range that I'm in. And I had basically done something really stupid. I had um, gone to wash my hands or do something and I had taken my wedding rings off and put them in my pocket and I thought I was being so clever by um, not leaving them on a countertop someplace. I was like, I'm going to put them in my pocket and that way they're going to stay with me. Well, I put something else in my pocket and then on the way to work, I pulled the other thing out of my pocket and the wedding rings, must that must have been when they came flying out of my pocket and landed on the sidewalk without me noticing. So probably a block later, I realized I wasn't wearing my wedding rings and I texted my husband and I was like, could you just, you know, double check and make sure they're on my night, you know, bedside table. That's where I tend to put them when I'm showering or something and just, you know, take a quick look and just let me know that they're there. And he texted me back and he's like, they're not there. And I was like, oh, well, I probably left them in the kitchen. It's fine. I go through the whole day, um, come home and he's like, yeah, I checked everywhere that I thought they might be, but I didn't see them. So we tossed the house. Then we drove back to my office and tossed my office. And of course they're not there because they're on the sidewalk. I was panicked. I was distraught. I was upset. Next morning, I'm still panicked and upset. And, uh, I just realized that I had to go to work anyway. So I started walking to work and I was looking at the ground and saw my engagement ring. And I was like, Oh yeah. So then I figured, well, (laughs) now is the time I'm going to find my wedding ring. And if I don't find it now, I'm never going to find it. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, my husband came and helped me look and he's like, well, you have to go to work. I have to go to work. Just tell the neighbors you know, what happened and ask them to look for it. Cause otherwise they might mow their lawn and either destroy it or it destroys their lawnmower or whatever. Yeah. So I, you know, shamefacedly went up and knocked on all my neighbor's doors <laughs> and, you know, explained the problem and they were all super nice. And one of them volunteered to help look with me right then. Another one was like, Oh, I walk all over the neighborhood all the time and I'll definitely keep my eyes out. And they were just super, super nice. And then, um, you know, my husband ended up finding it halfway through the day. So when I came home, I had to take them all off of high alert, you know, let them know they didn't have to worry about it. And they were all so, like, happy that I'd found it. And they were, you know, it was just really nice. Um, It was really nice to feel like, uh, in a pinch, they were available and they were willing to help. And they um, were sympathetic. And yeah, it was just, it was super nice because in this particular week, I have just been a bundle of stress. And to have to know that those people who have never met me before would still be um, willing to come answer their door for a total stranger. Yes. Um, at like 7.50 in the morning on a Thursday and um, volunteer to help uh, was, was really nice. So... That is that's my gold star for for this two weeks. Well, I will give. I'm gonna give a a double gold star. I'm gonna have two. 
first is another neighbor shout out. Um, we were so lucky, Chris and I, that um, someone that lives across the street is also someone that he works with. Um, it's another person um, that he works with, lives across the street, has dogs, and they were so willing and, and able to watch our dogs so that Chris could come with me on this trip to Iowa. And it's hard, you know, when you have a pit bull, that's a big dog, and not every place wants to board pit bulls. And also, he's an old dude. Frazier's 14, 15 years old. He's a big dude, so it takes, like, you know, special relationships. And we were so lucky that this neighbor was so willing, so uh, open to it kind of last minute, and it just made me so um, so happy that, you know, there's that kind of kindness out there, especially with people you don't know all that well. Again, it's a neighborly thing. And uh, Chris gave me a really good lesson with this because I naturally want to pay for services rendered. That's always like this thing I have in my mind. I don't ever want to make people feel obligated. I don't ever want to um, come across as, you know, taking advantage of a situation or anything like that. And he was like, you know, sometimes money cheapens that friendship or it cheapens that uh, exchange. He was like, just asking for a favor is a good thing. And uh, I'm paraphrasing, so if you need to correct me, correct me. But it was really sweet that, you know, we could offer to her to watch her dog sometime. And it's it kind of builds a community, as Chris had put. He was like, it builds community, it builds trust, it builds, builds more to ask for a favor. And it's been fun shopping for something to bring her mm-hmm. back from uh, Iowa, which is my other gold star, which is uh, being in Iowa City... It's been like 11 years since I've really had more than 24 hours just in Iowa City alone. And it you joked about it the other day, but it's an embarrassment of riches. Like there is so much to be had here from good food, good beer, good coffee, but is house coffee, so mm-hmm. weird. Um, and there's just a lot of pride there. And I really appreciate that about all the places we've gone to eat, all the places we've gone to drink. I thought Big Grove Brewery was really, really cool. The space is open and you would, while you might get something like that in Los Angeles, the the price, the people, the options, the food was incredible. I was just really impressed by the overall space and how um, relaxing and cool it was to be here. I felt like it wasn't like, oh, I've had this before. It was something very particular to Iowa. And it felt really good to be a part of that little subswirl of all these new places and stuff. It's really, Iowa City is really, really impressive as far as the food options that we've had. And most like Mosley's Barbecue, it's not that I didn't expect that here. I just think I was not ready to have so much good food in one day. <laughs> so I think that was, those would be highlights of a lot of people's trips and I happened to get them all in 24 hours. So, and Clinton's, Clinton Street Social was really good for craft cocktails. And I'm normally not a big craft cocktails person, but they were so good and not expensive when I think about the prices I would normally pay out of Los Angeles and even out of Minneapolis too. So I just, I really felt like we got a good bargain, (laughs) but, and, but that matters to me. Like it helped me really enjoy my time here even more. It's so, it's so easy just to have a good time when you're around family, but it's another thing when you're like, the food's amazing. The price isn't bad. It just makes you relax on your vacation a little bit easier. So those are my gold stars. Nice. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram as Stitchcraft Sisters and on to interwebs as <laughs> stitchcraft.com, stitchcraftsisters.com. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the website. I, 
Let's we be don't honest, have like, our we don't have it all written out, but there's many a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I am on Ravelry as Trouble City, and we also have a Stitchcraft podcast group on Ravelry. Um, it's not particularly active, because I think most people who listen to us don't necessarily go on Ravelry, but we do have a group there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if you have any uh, questions or comments or, you know, helpful criticisms, please uh link them on our Instagram feed because that's probably the thing that's most active so far yeah and also like feel free to DM us uh, any any photos of any projects you might take on I think the bento bag the knitted bento bag is really awesome um, I think that's a really great starter project and it's not bad for summertime and the friendship bracelets I expect to see some photos I do I hope <laughs> I think that's easy enough and who doesn't have embroidery floss well if you're a craft person who doesn't have embroidery floss in their home that seems to be like a given for whatever reason. It doesn't matter if you actually embroider anything. It just seems to be a part of like your closet, your craft area. Generally. So, generally. I hope to see a few things. All right. Hope you guys have a good couple weeks and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. just see if yeah is this too much nature i know i, I don't hear know it. i can hear some of it i was waiting i was waiting for that bird to come back who's like pew, 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 pew. yeah <laughs> pew, pew, pew. pretty good good enough